This is Teron Brooks, and welcome back to another episode of Reviews and Done, your number one spot for exclusive interviews with some of the people who paved the way in music industry, film industry, and so much more. This is Reviews and Done. Derek, take it away. My guest today is not only my friend, but a talented actor, a voice impressionist, alumni of the School Without Walls. This is a cat that could probably give you a voice that's going to be Bill Cosby as Darth Vader scolding a hobbit, and it's still going to be humorous and fly. I'm talking about my man, my homie, my guy, Mr. Chad Eric Smith. Welcome hey, to the man. Line, sir. How you doing, brother? Hey, I'm good, man. Thank you. That was an uh, amazing uh, introduction. I appreciate it. I try, man. I try. So, you know, um, I want you folks to know that uh, Chad has had the pristine pleasure of actually meeting our album subject tonight. And tonight, Chad and I are going to look back at Jamie Foxx's first album. Now, a lot of folks think that James' first album was unpredictable, but you're wrong. <laughs> James' first album was actually released in 1994 called Peep This, right around the time he finished on Living Color. I was way back in sixth grade at the age of 12. Ooh, so you're talking like 27 years ago when Jamie dropped this album. So before we get into it, Chad, do you remember hearing this album when you were a kid? Yeah, you know, I so I was a, a big In Living Color uh, fan, you know. And so in 1994, I had to have been like eight years old, right? And I, I was really kind of impressed by the comedy and it, it kind of shaped my sense of humor. And I do remember that around that time was when this album came out and I was like, oh man, he, he sings too. So that was kind of probably the start of my uh, me being becoming a fan of Jamie Foxx. Yeah, man. Um, you know, what's always surprising is that people forget, you know, that Jamie could actually sing. And I think like the urban crowd, you know, we all knew that Jamie could sing. So when, you know, he did Ray and when he dropped the album, you know, in 05, like mainstream America was kind of shocked that Jamie could sing. And I'm like, yo, man, Jamie's been singing for years like how could you guys not know that jamie fox has you know singing talent piano skills like yeah and if anyone knows you know about his stand-up comedy career then they know like i have the box set with like you know i might need security you know the foxhole um where you know at the end of each of his stand-up specials he would sit at the piano and he would like mix his comedy with the singing and so that's that's another reason why I play the piano too, just because I was like, man, I love how he's able to, to be funny and make music at the same time. Yes, sir. You know, when Jamie did that, um, I think it was a Mighty Security where he did the t- television theme songs and he did the impressions like Luther and yeah. Prince and, and was singing like the Brady Bunch as uh, yeah. Luther, yeah. just immensely <laughs> talented cast. So shout out to Jamie Foxx and, you know, I'm a firm believer that we haven't even seen like everything that Jamie can do. I mean, they say that we've only seen about maybe 80% of his talent. So, yeah, wow, yeah. This cat. 
Well, you know, when he did Ray, that was probably the like the the best convergence of his kind of career. Um, you know, the first time that happened was with Any Given Sunday, where he could show his football skills uh, on the set. But when he did Ray, his classically trained piano skills and his uh, his talent for mimicry, uh, drama and comedy all came and converged into one. Yeah, you know, I started to take Fox series right around um, any given Sunday. And I'm like, yeah, he's he's definitely going to be doing uh, something different. And then, you know, he followed it up with uh, ah, Ali playing Drew uh, yeah, Ali, Brown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Collateral hit. And then, you know, of course, Ray. And like, yeah, he's just immensely. Stanley Tukey. Yeah. So even like when it's something mediocre, I mean, he still going to give you like 100 percent. I mean, I think the only thing that he's done since he got his Oscar that I haven't liked was um, Stealth. Yeah, we don't speak on uh, Stealth. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that was terrible. Like an artificial intelligent airplane that wants to all of a sudden take over the world. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of uh, script was that? Yeah, but I mean, even like like I said, mediocre stuff like uh, Valentine's Day, um, due date, and he, baby driver, it's like, and he's always going to give you 100% yeah. with his performance. But see, I like more of the stuff like uh, like the soloist, you know, when he gets into that real character stuff. Oh, yeah, very, very, um, very, very slept on with the soloists. And I think with that, man, um, they really dropped the ball with the promotion because that was an Oscar-worthy performance in my yeah, opinion. I mean Robert Downey Jr., Jamie Foxx, and then who who directed it? Was it Joe Wright? Like, yeah, put that all together. Like, uh, I guess death. You know, that should have been like definitely Oscar season. But some people think that maybe it seemed like he was trying too hard. Yeah, you know, he gets his um his share of haters, and you know, you and I have had this conversation like numerous times, and I as I've had it with other actors and I think what it is is it's because he's so um Jamie's one of those rare talents to where he's a movie star but he's also an actor so folks are all gonna give him like a bad I guess bad rapport if you will mm-hmm. because you have folks like now in 2020 to come up saying like you know Donald Glover's more talented than Jamie Foxx and I'm like yeah that's a that's a negative I guess I'm like <laughs> You know, Donald, I mean, no no shade, but Donald has yet to do anything that comes close to Ray, Collateral, or even, um, hell, Stan, Stan Tukey Williams. So oh, yeah. He, I mean, he's very talented, but it's like Jamie's another, in another stratosphere. Yeah, he's a chameleonic actor. I mean, that's the kind of actor that I try to be, you know, who tries to, you know, change my, my, my look and period, uh, appearance and essence for every role. Um, and I think his top roles definitely show a lot of range. Uh, I don't know if Danny, uh, I don't know if uh, Donald, I said Danny, I don't know if Donald Glover has shown that much uh, range yet, but he's still, he's still good at what he does, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just a different, um, different type of, um, how can I say it? Different generations and different, um, yeah, different generations, because it's like with Donald, I find folks that say that he's, um, you know, more talented than Jamie Foxx. It's like the younger cats who kind of grew up with him as, you know, being a nerd and, you know, he's eccentric and he's kind of weird so they can relate to him. Yeah. 
but it's like you and I, you know, we came up on Jamie Foxx. So, like, you know, we've seen Jamie go from a living color, you know, all the way up to, to Ray. So, yeah, Donald Glover like, is like the, the male version of Issa Rae. Yeah. You know, like he, he's, you know, he's a, he's a force for sure, but he definitely has captured like that um, awkward black man turned like cool, uh, smart, creative genius, you know, because I do like his stuff like Atlanta and I do think his music is, is good. But when it comes to acting, I think Jamie definitely still is ahead of the curve on that one. Yes, sir. Totally agree with you. Well, all right, folks, you know, me and me and Chad are both film connoisseurs. Chad's an actor. I'm a critic. So, you know, we could probably talk about Fox, you know, for hours and hours. But let's get into Jamie's uh, 1994 album, Peep This. So you guys know how the format goes. We listen to the entire album, about a minute and 30 per track. And then at the end of the thing, you know, we give our top three. So 13 songs, starting with the self-titled track, Peep This. Why'd you sign Jamie Foxx? Is this a comedy album? Is this a comedy album? Nigga, why'd you sign Jamie Foxx? Is this a comedy album? Ain't that one? Well, hello. I bet you don't know my name. It seems that you're confused on what I came to do for the ones that play my song. Time for me to break you off And all of those who front and try to play the game Why don't you Why don't you sign this You know what I'm all about, baby Is this the comedy album? You know what I'm saying, James Bond Is this the comedy album? You know what my name is true all right that was jamie fox's self-titled track from his <laughs> debut album peep this uh standard 90s track um definitely i get what he was going for with the whole you know he's a comic and he's trying to sing yeah it's like I mean, you know, I, it's like he was trying to get over get that out of the way it's almost like yeah, a interlude yeah. and a song at the same time Nice intro, nice intro to the album, nice song. Um, I'm sure Chad can recall that, you know, when we were coming up, you know, in the 90s and in the 80s, it seemed like if you were a hot TV star, that you could do an album. <laughs> and it was like, it was almost like it was a given. Like, you know, a little bit of trivia, folks. Philip Michael Thomas and Don Johnson, the original Crockett and Tubbs, both did albums in the 80s. So, you know, I can see why actors sometimes get the side eye when they do an album. But, um, yeah, saw the track, nice little intro. Chad, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, remember when Eddie Murphy <laughs> did an album 
and you know he was known for his stand-up and for SNL and being a movie star but you know it can be a little startling and so I think what he was trying to do was trying to just kind of get over the point you know that that you know here it is I'm a comedian yes I'm going to live in color but I also can sing so the first thing out the gate let's kind of just uh you know you know discuss that and then we can move on so I thought it was definitely, I felt a little bit, a little cheesy, I'll say a little cheesy, but it definitely was of its time. And I think uh, I, I certainly could tell why this particular song didn't become timeless, um, you know, but, or a classic, but uh, it, it was fun. All right, folks, we're going to keep it moving to track number two, Experiment. So this is what I'm talking about. You know, some artists just excel better with slow jams and ballads. And Jamie's one of those albums. And as we get further into the album, you guys are going to notice just how strong Jamie is when it comes to slow jams and ballads. Experiment was actually one of the singles from the album. And some useless knowledge for you folks out there. There's a scene in... The terrible movie Home Alone 3, where the music video for Experiments actually playing in the background. Now, why the studio decided to play a sexual song in a kid's sequel movie, God only knows, but it's there. So, a dope track, one of my personal favorites from the album. Chad, what you think, player, on this track? Yeah, man, I really liked it. You know, it's definitely a different compared to the first song. Uh, in a good way. Uh, I thought that, you know, if a person popped in the CD and they were like, eh, they skipped to the second song, I think they'd be like, okay, I can get into this. His tonality was great. The production was great. I think it was a, a really good second song and single. All right, we're going to keep it moving. Up next is Miss You. Finally, 
opinion one that you can definitely skip over um, production <laughs> is kind of eh. i mean you know it, it has a sample of i need a freak by the group of sexual harassment whoever the hell they are but uh, uh definitely a forgettable track chad what you think homie yeah you know i'm gonna have to uh, agree with it with you on that one but i will say that it, it, it uh it, it made me feel like i wanted to wear baggy pants dance in an alley and be like, you know, Mo Tuda, E Tuda. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, um, definitely dated, definitely something that you would skip over on the, um, on the album. I will point out, though, that this song, um, as well as the two that we listened to before, were written by Fox. And so, you know, that's a testament to his, uh, skills or rather audacity to be creative in that in that way as well you know songwriter yeah well he he lost me with, <laughs> with that <laughs> one but no shade though jamie you know because this i'm gonna be honest like you know it's it's songs it's songs on this album that are better than some folks now doing music but we're gonna get in more into that all right up next is doghouse repeat after me Baby, forgive me for my trespass. As we forgive those who trespass against us. Because we all say, lead me not into temptation. But deliver us from. But deliver us from. Like a fool, I play this game of love. Not to win. I'm just in it. My girl was out of town for right away That's why I thought Well, I was wrong Well, temptation came knocking at my door I accepted I regret it Because I knew it was the end I was paying for all my sins How can it be? Let my girl walk in the mood I'm always crazy Baby, I'm sad I'm all this girl Yes, I am She caught me in my shorts
right, that was Doghouse. Another filler track, in my opinion, but a bit better than the last one. Um, man, you know, 90s R&B, man, as strong as it was, you, a lot of times you had to get through a lot of filler to get to the quality music. So, you know, eh, forgettable track, but better than Miss You. Chad, what you think? Yeah, you know, when it came to 90s music, I tend to, the, most of the albums I got was the best of. You know what I mean? Like the best of, you know, of, a, of an artist. And that was kind of the best way to ensure that you got the best tracks from every CD without having to listen to the other stuff. Like even like, even like the Fresh Prince, you know, DJ Jazzy Def and the Fresh Prince, like my first introduction to them was through the best of, and, I, and that gave me a little sampler of all the albums. But I thought this one was definitely better than the one before, the song before. Um, this also has uh, poeti- the poetess in it, um, you know, w- which was a uh, female rapper and radio personality. So uh, that was cool. But other than that, I'd move on. All right. Up next is probably a song that diehard R&B fans know, the actual first single from the album, Infatuation. shit right there that's what i'm talking about (laughs) yeah now we're getting now we're now we're cooking with fire man this joint right here man back in sixth grade oh man them them dances he used to go to when he was looking for somebody to slow dance with i mean this song right here brings out jamie's voice it brings out jamie's piano skills the perfect 90s ballad probably one of the best songs on the album and as I stated earlier, you know, it's songs on this album that are better than a lot of artists today. This is one of those songs. Chad, what you think? Hey, I couldn't agree anymore. I mean, of the two singles, Infatuation and Experiment, I definitely like this one the most. I could have done without the opening instrumental that sounded like someone hitting pots and pans. 
But once the song really begins and he hits those long, sustained Jamie notes, I'm like, yeah, we we really, this is really who he is. You know what I mean? So uh, I really enjoyed that one. This So far, Infatuation is definitely in my top three. I right, keep it moving. Up next is Baby Don't Cry. six baby don't cry another winner for me um a nice melody nice production kind of reminds me of a slower version of shy's baby i'm yours simple production um, i definitely would have pushed this one as a single i could easily see this video being um you know jamie just walking around a city trying to approach young lady so solid album track chad what you think yeah, I think the music video would have had to have rain in it, too. <laughs> it was definitely smooth. You know, Baby Don't Cry sounds like it could have been a Michael Jackson beat until the synthesizer came in, which reminds you that Jamie is probably more influenced by Prince than Michael Jackson. But, yep. uh, yeah, I, I loved it. All right, up next is Precious. There are things that mean a lot to me. Some more important than others. But there's nothing more precious than my girl. I 
Precious, track number seven. Uh, quality album track, in my opinion. Doesn't really come off as um, filler. Definitely 90 sound with the background female vocalist. One of the stronger tempo album tracks. Chad, what you think? And whenever the R&B singer starts off a song just talking into the mic, you know he's about to get it in. And it's probably wearing baby oil. <laughs> but uh, I would say the song should have been the end credits to the movie Precious. So that audiences could have left the theater a little, on a little more happier note. But it definitely was an uplifting song, and I thought it was cool. All right, up next is Your Love. ones but it's definitely a 90s filler track uh chad what you think yeah i'll call it a filler track as well earlier i mentioned prince as being an influence to uh jamie fox and you mentioned it as well as part of his comedy uh routine if audiences listen closely to this song they they can actually hear if i was your girlfriend by prince was one of the songs uh that was sampled for this song so i thought that was a cool little tidbit all right, up next is track number nine, Summertime.
summertime now summertime is a quality album track it doesn't come all across as filler nice little 90s vibes to it definitely something that you could play in the summertime with uh you know at the cookout drinking wine coolish because it was the 90s or if you're really bold drinking a uh a saint eyes if you know for my old heads out there but yeah another another quality track in the ballad area chad what you think yeah, I agree. It was a nice song. And uh, that one was co-written by his guitarist and background vocalist, Victor White, uh, who actually, I think, can be seen with in some of his uh, stand-up specials. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a good feel. Real smooth. All right, keep moving, folks. Up next is If You Love Me. Another day goes by Without your love, you know I can't survive Silly me, I thought I'd play it cool But in the end, I end up playing But now I regret my decision I'm in love with you. You have come into my life and made my dreams come true. For you, I'll do. Yes, I will. The time I spent with you has been so nice. That's the type of vibe this entire album should have had. Because Jamie was just better on the ballads. I mean, If You Love Me was a, um, a dope track. Definitely one of the ones that I used back in my DJ days as a mixtape slash mixed city favorite. Uh, one of my favorites from the album in terms of the album tracks. Chad, what you think? Yeah, that one really hit. Like, I really like that one a lot. Um... You know, if you wanted to impress a girl, you make sure you put that on your, record that on your little cassette tape and press play. If you love me, of course. 
All right, up next is Don't Let the Sun Go Down. days and sleepless nights I spend alone wondering if I make it make it on my own without someone to hold me with that holding power if not for a lifetime At least for an hour But this machine that clicks inside my head Oh, so cold I'm hanging by a string that was don't let the sun go down now folks back in the 90s most singers would always have what i call either a gospel song or a message song on their album and this was jamie's song on this album now it's not a bad song at all by any means um i think with this one the sequencing was kind of off i would have had this one be the last song on the album um good song to me, it reminds me of Donny Hathaway's A Song For You just with the piano chords he chose to play and just the production. So bad sequencing on this, not a bad song, just an out of place sequencing, but still nevertheless a solid song. Chad, what you think? Yeah, I think this is a strong, strong uh, track. This one in particular uh, was nostalgic too, because I remember that he played Don't Let the Sun Go Down at Showtime at the Apollo, if anyone remembers that. Um, so that was cool. And, you know, we all know that he grew up in the church and it definitely had that feel. Uh, but I like the simplicity of it. And, you know, it's just him, the piano, you know, and his voice. And sometimes that's all you need. Yeah, you, you see what I was saying, though? I was like, you know, it would fit better at the end of the album, not really like where yeah. it's at. at yeah. Track 11. Yeah, because I think it's such a strong track that um, it should have kind of closed it out. All right, up next is Peep This Out. Dang. Ooh, I told you this album was going to go on. Girl, Jamie got it going on. Ooh, I didn't know what say. But you don't hear me, though. Girl, Jamie got it going on. Ooh, I didn't know what say. But you don't hear me, though. Girl, Jamie got it going on. Ooh, I didn't know what say. All right, that was Peep This Out, an interlude. Uh, I think with this one, 
I probably would have had this one start the album and not have a full-on two-minute and 51-second interlude. And again, with um, the song that preceded it, Don't Let the Sun Go Down, and then he goes into Peep This Out, for me, it just throws off the vibe of the album and what he was going for. And again, the sequencing is kind of off. You know, a harmless interlude. Everybody did them in the 90s, but, you know, throwaway interlude. Chad, what you think? Yeah, I feel like they could have got rid of this track altogether. I mean, it's basically a companion piece to the beginning of the album, Peep This, and plays on, along the same kind of beats um, thematically. Uh, but, yeah, it, it definitely proves your point that the order of it was uh, odd, to say the least. So, uh, yeah, I could have done without it. All right, folks, well, we made it to the end of the album. The last song is another favorite of mine. Um, the closing song, Light a Candle. light a candle a strong ballad to close the album out um another one of my favorites from the album shows off jamie's baritone shows off his piano skills i like chad and i said earlier i would have purposely um put done with the sun go down as the closing song set of this one and have light a candle at track 11 and totally cut out peep this out because if you notice Summertime, If You Love Me, Don't Let the Sun Go Down, and then Light a Candle. That's a very strong four-run um, song run of ballads where he, where he highlights his talent and where he's really the strongest set. So good closing song, solid song, great ballad. Chad, what you think? 
Yeah, I, I agree. Um, not only did he highlight his baritone, but also his falsetto, which was really nice. Um, but yeah, I agree with everything you said as far as the order. Uh, I think that his later albums uh, ended up being a little bit more, uh, were better with their order and kind of the theme of the entire, you know, album. Uh, this one sounded like it was just a bunch of different ideas just slapped together. Yeah, and like I said, it's, it's by, by no means is by no means is Jamie Foxx's debut a bad album. I mean, like I like Chad and I both said that it's songs on this album that are better than shit coming out today. Yeah. So you know that's that in itself is a you know is a, is a strong point. But like most '90s albums, um, while they were classic albums, usually you either had hot up tempo tracks and kind of mediocre slow cuts, or you had hot slow cuts and kind of mediocre, you know, up-tempo songs. Case in point, Jodeci's first album. Now, Jodeci's debut album is a classic, but it's only a classic because of those first five songs. Nobody's checking for the up-tempo material on Jodeci's debut album. I'm sorry, it's the truth. Right. All right, so Chad, give us your um your top three from Peep This and a final letter grade. All right, I will say that my top three are Infatuation, uh, If You Love Me, and Don't Let the Sun Go Down. And I would give it a, a, a B minus. A B minus, I think it's a strong debut album. It's definitely a sign of the times, just, uh, you know, auditorily, sonically. Um, but because I also have the knowledge of what he would later do with his later albums, uh, you know, Best Night of My Life, you know, Hollywood, The Story of a Dozen Roses, and of course, Unpredictable, uh, I, and albums that I really, really liked, uh, I would give it a B minus because I know that he has better stuff to come. Yep, my top three are Infatuation, Light a candle and experiment. Final letter grade is I'm with you, a B minus. Um, like I said, you can just tell that um, he really wasn't fully using his talent yet. And I think that with the up-tempo stuff, that was more of the label and not really true to what Fox was trying to do. But solid debut. Um, some of these songs still hold up 26 years later. Damn, it's probably talking about 94. But definitely a... Um, solid uh, debut from an actor slash singer. It's streaming on all platforms. So if you guys never heard it, check it out. Now, before we go, I mentioned earlier that Chad is a um, incredible actor and I'm Chad right now is making a ton of noise on the indie circuit with a film involving time travel called fatherless. So Chad, just tell the folks a little bit about fatherless and where they can see it at. Yeah, so Fatherless uh, is an award-winning film by William M. Crouch out of Louisville, Kentucky, or Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> and uh, uh, he and I, we uh, worked together over a decade ago and uh, kind of came together on this film. It's about a young physicist with a troubled past who develops time travel in order to uh, fix his childhood. And uh, I play the lead character. I'm also the co-producer. Co it's currently playing at the DC Black Film Festival. So uh, if folks want to listen 
uh, uh, watch the movie, they can check it out. It's won a few awards, uh, including for acting, uh, which I'm proud of. And uh, check out the trailer on YouTube by just typing in Fatherless Official Trailer 2020. All right, folks. Well, you heard it from the man himself. Uh, be on the lookout for this brother. You know, a rising, rising talent. I'm pretty sure one day, you know, he's going to win a uh, win a substantial award, even though he's already been awarded numerous times. But when he gets that Oscar, that Golden Globe, you know, I'm sure he's going to get up there on stage. He's going to shout out Chocolate City, yes, AKA yeah. DC. Shout out the School Without Walls. And, of yep. course, shout out uh, his homie, uh, Derek Dunn, hopefully. So I want yeah. to thank my homie for uh, stopping by to talk, uh, Jamie Foxx. Uh, Chad, where can, fans find you, where can fans find you on social media? Man, fans can follow me on Instagram at I am Chad Eric Smith. Uh, they can follow me on Twitter at Chad Eric Smith. And they can like my fan page on Facebook by just looking at Chad Eric Smith. And I'm also the founder and owner of the film production company, Mr. Duke Productions. And folks can learn more at www. Mr. M-I-S-T-E-R DukeProductions.com Alright folks, this is Derek Dunn with Reviews and Dunn. Join me next week for another throwback album review. Um, having decided what the next one's going to be, I still need to do Camp Lowe's 97 album. Still need to do the Sons of Funk album from 98. Um, so yeah, so be on the lookout for that. And as always, in the words of the late, great Maurice Wright, Keep your head to the sky. Until the next time, done out. Tune in next week for another episode of Reviews and Done with your suave host, Derek Dunn.